Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. There is so much more in you. There's so many things ahead of you. There's so many days yet still to come and so many seasons. So that's what we're talking about in this mini series. Five parts we're going to discuss. Don't waste another season. Uh, Last week, we kind of hit that topic hard and fast with a fun game. And this week, we're going to jump into some homework that we gave you. So we we rarely give you all homework, but but we're going to just jump right in. But I feel like we we left you unsatisfied last week. Jenny, <laughs> Jenny, what was the tally count for how many times I said seasons? I don't think I we think ever you gave landed them. at 10 ish. I stopped okay. counting the last one minute because I was like really into what you were saying. But we landed. Oh, at gotcha. 10. Yeah. OK, so so, you know, a handful of times we're going to be talking about the word seasons. So just if you want to keep your own tally, you do it. You're at There's two. Th- There's, there's no right or wrong in this game. I mean, it's really just for those of you that like to have something to do while you listen. So here you go. (laughs) Have you ever counted a public speaker's likes? Oh, that and the word, um, you know, we have Mm -hmm. this, uh, key phrase that we would play at summer camp. When I was a camp counselor, we would go, um, um, sounds so dumb. Instead of saying, um, just pause. (laughs) And it's just yeah. good life advice. It sounds so dumb. Yeah. So stop saying um. Ooh, that one rhymed too. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You are Whoa. on a roll. Yeah. In this um, season. Likes. There's, well, I took uh, Toastmasters, which is a public speaking class, and they ooh. literally will tally how many times you say um, how many times you use these filler words. So what? you become so so alert towards it that you're like, oh. Do you have your own special filler word? Because I'm pretty sure our, our listeners could tell us what ours are. I'm I'm probably oblivious to mine, but I know that I heard a lady at my church speak. And she said, as far as, it was a phrase. She would say, mm-hmm. as far as, as far as, as far as. And so then it just became like its own word. Like it didn't become a phrase anymore. It just became as far as, like, <laughs> as far uh-huh. as. <laughs> and Aww. so. Yeah, I, I can't ever hear anybody go as far as and ever again. Like, it's totally ruined for me now because she said yeah. it that many times. It was crazy. The power of words. The power Woo! of words. Woo! We can have our listeners tell us our fillers because I'm sure I have plenty. Mine Here's is a season right now. Mine is You're listen. Not- I always go, listen. <laughs> That's mine. I know it is because I try not to. But listen, here, let's move on. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> See what I did? See what I did? We're going to start off today's show in Ecclesiastes chapter three, because that's what we asked you to read. And we asked you to read verses one through 15. And the reason why we asked you to read this is because there's no greater breadth or depth about seasons than what I've discovered within these 15 verses. And it really has been kind of like the navigation point for me to understand how to enjoy and live present, no matter what season I'm in. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I struggle with present. I, I struggle with it. If there's anything I want, 
it's to be out of the present. <laughs> like there's nothing I want more. I want either to be nostalgic and go back to my favorites or mm. I want to get to where I want to go. You know what I mean? But yeah. Now is so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And today we're talking about the cold, wintry seasons, the hard mm. seasons of life. And how, mm. how do you be present in those seasons? You know, winter by design is a season that feels number one, like you're, you're going to be able to identify it just by the atmosphere around you. It mm -hmm. see a winter season is loud and proud. Do you know what I mean? Like winter says, guess what? I'm here. <laughs> it kicks down the door <laughs> and you have to deal with it. You know, not too long ago, my family and I in Texas had uh, one of those ice storms that in Texas, listen, Northerners, I don't need your comments. I don't need you to write in from what I'm about to tell you. But, uh, but I will say, we don't <laughs> call back to last episode. Uh, we don't need to talk about how us Texans cannot deal with ice. I don't need to hear it from you. I, I did see it. the videos. It seemed a little outrageous on those highways. <laughs> we we had more than 700 accidents in one morning before 8 a.m. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know how to deal with it, y'all. But when winter shows up, boy, it comes in loud and proud. Everybody rushes at the smell of cold. Like we rush to the grocery store and we get milk and eggs and cheese and, <laughs> and like all the things that you, bread. It's like, get it, get it before it goes out of style. Toilet paper now because of 2020, we're still traumatized, you know? Um, and then we find ourselves not knowing how to do anything, but just stay inside. Like we don't even go out to the mailbox. We're like the mail didn't come. Nobody's on the road. Nobody's doing anything, you know? Yeah. And when winter shows up, it's loud and proud. And another thing about winter that I'm sure about, it is a season that is designated for death. And I know that that's kind of hard and, and somber and really weird to jump into when we start putting proverbial meaning on that. But I, I think we can't miss this moment. And if you hear a thunderstorm right now, it is thundering and lightning crazy where I'm at. So talk about seasons. <laughs> the Lord is like, I don't know what that means about this, but let it rumble. Let me bring, let me bring some dramatics to this moment. Um, I will say winter is a season that is designated for things that need to die for them to die. And things that must um, be reborn, they cannot properly be reborn or rebirthed or, or set brand new until the old has passed away. And there's a concept here in this season that I don't want us to miss with our spiritual life, with our actual physical life. I mean, it, there are some things where we have a hard time moving into the next when we've experienced intense grief and loss and death, even in our personal lives. It will mark you, it will change you, and it will create a pattern for how you either operate in that season and stay in, stuck in that season or how you navigate into the next in a season of growth. So today Ooh. we're going to talk about a winter season. You've set this conversation up so wonderfully. And I can we just 
get our Bible nerding hats on for a second Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because the first two verses you asked us to study, I'm going to read them for those of you that didn't do your homework. Busted. Let me fill you (laughs) in. Hey, you're just joining us. We don't care. We love you. Welcome to the club. Oh, the Lord struck lightning over their non-homeworking. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm joking. Okay. Let me, let me, um, let me let you cheat on my homework here. So, okay. (laughs) I'm just joking. All right. So here's the verses. It says for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time Mm. to be born and a time to die. So let's pause right there. And what I love here is the Bible is just awesome because there's this cross reference to where it says a time for every matter under heaven. And if you look further in Ecclesiastes and go down to chapter eight, verse six, what that says is for there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. So I just want to pause right there. It goes on to talk more about what that trouble is and how heavy it feels. But what we can learn from this passage is that if you're in a winter season, you have to acknowledge it because there's a heaviness that's there. And if you're not able to be present or if you're not even noticing that cold, that frigid temperatures, like you're not responding to Mm. it, you're not going to be equipped to navigate what's next within it. So the first point I want us to talk about and expand on just a little bit is that we have to acknowledge this winter season. You know, what's great is you and I go through in these meetings behind scenes and closed doors before we get on here and record. And when we were talking about creating this episodes, these episodes on seasons, one of the big things that I told you is I've started speaking more on seasons. And the first thing I talk about is being able to awaken and align to your proper season. Ooh. And, and, and you have to wake up and acknowledge where you're at in life. That has to happen. I can't see more, anything more clear that's robbing an average person's joy than being stuck in a season that you currently are not in anymore. Yeah. You have to wake up and see the change around you. For all of us, take the actual weather. This is not being um, proverbial anymore. This is very true. Matter of fact, very literal. When a season shifts, you have to adjust to it. You have Mm -hmm. to align to it. If it's raining, you grab an umbrella. If it's snowing, you get a hat, jacket, snow boots. If it's sunshiny and blazing hot here in Texas, we wear our shorts and tanks. Get our flip-flops. When it's spring, we take a lot of allergy medication. <laughs> you know? I mean, we, uh, yeah. we align to the season that we're in. What I see happening, especially in the Christian community, are a lot Ooh. of people lacking joy in their life because they simply will not awaken to the season that they are walking in right now and align with it. They are in combat to their season. When Mm -hmm. I say that, if you walk out in shorts and flip-flops in a tank and it's snowing, you're going to get sick. It's just a natural reaction. Your body, the immunity that you have is not designed to withstand the conditions that you're walking in. And what we think is that we have the blood of Jesus and the answer and the hope of glory, and we can walk in any season, however we want to, brazen in the way that we expect that it should feel outside when we get in there. But the reality is, is that God gives us immunity to handle things and fight back, but we have to align to the season that we're in. I, I mean, this is opening a broader conversation of 
understanding the sovereignty of God. And I feel like that's a piece of this puzzle. Like we have to trust that God knows what he's doing. That verse I read earlier, Ecclesiastes 8, 6, it goes on Mm -hmm. and it says, for he does not know what is to be for who can tell him how it will be. So this man, it's like, there's a mystery to my life. Why am I in this season? No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There's no discharge. So he's saying like, I can't get out of this until I get through it. And he's like, it's like, woe is me, but I see that I'm here and I understand the sovereignty of God within it. And I know, I know who holds the power over death. And Mm. if we can acknowledge not only that there's an awakening and aligning that has to happen, but also the sovereignty of God within it. And we can trust that God knows what he's doing and he will bring us through it. I love I got my what, preaching pads on. I come on, right keep on going. Chapter nine, verse 12. People can never predict when hard times might come. Mm-hmm. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught by sudden tra- tragedy. And here's the deal. There is no, you going and having a conversation with God and saying, can my life have a horrible event happen on December 12th next year? Can we schedule, can we pencil that in? Imagine. Imagine, right? Right. The reality, the reality of seasons in our life is that they hit us suddenly. And, And we have to be ready for the suddenly. And the only response that we can have is wake up, see what's happening and align. Get in line with what's going on. You are you are to be fitted for every occasion that comes your way in the spirit. I mean, God gives us the Holy Spirit to navigate not only our responses, but to comfort in, yeah. in those tragic moments. I stopped, I stopped counting your season count. Dang. <laughs> it was I you were up to seven. And then like once I hit those verses, all all bets were off because I'm so into this conversation. Because everything you're saying mm. is so relevant. And and let so we're talking we're talking spiritual metaphors. We're talking like this is in the spiritual realm. This is what's happening right. within the winter right. season. Let's talk about the super practical like the practicality of this conversation there are some listeners Mm. maybe myself or yourself Mm -hmm. that are in a hard in a heavy season where they're like woe is me and that's a perfectly fine response where are you lord why is this happening what are we doing how did i get here why do i feel such pain there's a heaviness even to the questions we ask of God. And I think it's glorious that we can bring our questions to God. But Candace, for anyone that's in this heaviness of a winter season, mm-hmm. what are some of the practical things? We, we've talked about awakening. We've talked about aligning. What else do you have for us? Well, I don't want to go too heavy into this because I'm going to give you all the content of this season with way too much. But I would say the next thing is two E words. So I gave you two A words, awaken and align. This next thing is embrace and endure. Um, When you find yourself in an unexpected season of death, and I mean, there's no other pretty way to put it. Things are dying. Relationships, expectations, career, hmm, some of y'all, marriages. There's things that you feel like this this is all hope lost, right? This is a moment where things have shifted and maybe it was you're doing, maybe it wasn't you're doing, but it's the reality of what's happening. You awaken, you align to your season. You got to do what you can to get through it. But we also don't do this. We, we don't embrace it very easily. A lot of times we, we like to run 
from our season. Um, seclusion is a real enemy to us in seasons. Mm -hmm. And I find myself when I've been walking through some hard times, it's so much easier in some ways to isolate and seclude, not just my physical body from people that love me, but even my thoughts and my heart and my prayers. I mean, it's so much easier to not have the heavy conversations with God. I don't want to cry today. I don't want to feel that. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I, I often joke about this, but it's true. Whenever I watch a movie that's going to make me cry and there's a scene that you can't help, but just lose it in. And I mean, there's always that movie for somebody. What I do is this little trick. I look at the corner of the screen and I tune out what's happening and I focus in so that I'm not going to cry. I mean, I'm like telling myself, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And this will be mm -hmm. over in just a second. Cool. Um, and I feel like a lot of us are doing that in these very, very heartbreaking and death giving moments where, where the Lord's saying, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to embrace what's happening. It's okay to be embraced by me. It's okay for me to help you walk in this holy grief, this, this grief that can be set apart from the way that the world grieves, but the way that I've, I'm able to comfort you in the middle of it. Hmm. And I feel like that embracing needs to happen, but then there's endurance. You know, I mean, if we're going to Bible nerd it up, let's go to Romans. Romans five is one of my favorite passages in all of scripture, but I, you ever just read something over and over again. And then all of a sudden it just makes sense yeah. to, to a place where you're like, I didn't even see that. Um, well, when I speak on joy, this verse, Romans five, three through five, is something that I just completely reference over and over again. But I was reading it the other day and it hit me that it's not just a fun verse to give us practicality. It's an order to it. There's an actual progression that we have to follow. So let me read it really quick. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly god loves us because he has given us the holy spirit to fill our hearts with his love you know i read this verse and i preach on this several different times saying you know what here's the deal you can take joy when when troubles come well that seems very 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 callous to say that to somebody walking in the middle of death mm-hmm and um, it feels very uh, like a closed door between you and whoever you're trying to talk to when you're just say, well, chin up, buttercup. You know, it's going to be good in the end. But this verse, if you look at it differently through the, through the lens of instruction and like a 12-step a program, if you will, like here's step by step, not 12, it's just three. But <laughs> if you look at it as though it has steps, it says, we know that that these troubles, these problems, these trials, they can help us develop endurance. And here's the deal. When you have endurance, that develops your character. Yeah. So the first step is to endure. I don't think we do that when a season of winter hits us. I think we run. I think we balk. I think we say, peace out. We isolate. We say, get me through this. I'll sleep. I'll hibernate until it's over. But nope, 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 I won't endure it. And endurance is this. You take one step after the other. You know the old psalm, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
lots of times we feel like we can only go one step. And that's the good thing about endurance. You only have to do one step. Take one next step. Endure. I endure. I, and there's a step even before the enduring. So I'm looking at the ESV version and it says, mm -hmm. we rejoice in our sufferings. And if you trace that word rejoice, it says it means we're boasting in it. We're mm. sharing about it. We're, we're even says loud tongues about our suffering. And that will pull you out of that isolation Candace was talking about. And I can only imagine that the thing that helps in the next step to endure is those you've been boasting to about your suffering. We're not saying cry, uh, do Facebook crying messages or whatever like that. Like there's a time and a right. place, know your people, right? Right. And bring them in, in on your suffering because I believe they're equipping you, empowering you to take that next step of endurance. Well, go back to verse two, right before it. We're in Romans five, verse two, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So then on the heels of that, so when you face trouble, do it rejoicingly. So it's, yeah. it's boasting in not, I got troubles. Yay. It's boasting in, I get to share in the glory of God. He's going to come through. Yeah. He's going to do something remarkable in this. And if he doesn't do something remarkable in my circumstances, he's going to do something remarkable in me. And that has to be the hope that we have. But most of us try to get our hopes up before we do step one is having faith to know that God does something for his glory by using us with a, and we're privileged to do it. It's not a burden. We're privileged to, to share in the glory of God, something that he, he hid Moses in a cleft and said, you can only see my backside, dude. Like the fact that we now get to be in the middle of his story of glory is a privilege, however it happens. And, yeah. and most of us don't see the joy in that. We see it as, why me? Why'd you single me out? Am I Which the redheaded? So, it's so humanity. Yeah. Like, that's so, mm -hmm. like, I've been there, done that. Like, who has it, yeah. you know? And and yeah. obviously, grace upon grace for that. But God is, this is a beautiful reminder for when you're in a winter season or if you are right now, that mm -hmm. God is producing something like Candace said in you and through you and within your circumstance and it, and the season will change. There is yeah. a point where the season will change. And that's why I'm excited for this series on seasons, because we're going to be talking through what it looks like, what it, the experience of that changing season and what the different seasons are. And I think what Candace is talking about being present, um, being awakened and aligning, embracing and enduring are such key factors in showing up hmm. within the depth, the depth of what is happening in your life. I think to add on to that, some understanding that has changed my entire outlook. And listen, you're talking to a lady that I've been in a winter for two years. I'm not even going to lie to you. Jenny, yeah. you've heard all the stories behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm wa I'm waiting for my spring. I'm like, let's go, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you this, this verse, Romans 5, 3 through 5, gave me so much, so much wisdom and enlightenment to be able to withstand that I want, I want to make sure that whoever's listening today and you need this, that you don't miss it. I got frustrated with friends that were really close to me that would just tell me to get my hopes up. They'd see them. They'd see my season. 
and they'd see it was really rough. And they're like, well, just keep your hopes up and your joy is going to follow. Just get your hopes up. God's doing something good. Romans 8, 28, for all things work for good, you know, and I'm sitting here going, what do I do when I've lost hope though? Mm. And I love that this passage, it says it, it doesn't hide it. It says endurance is what develops your strength of character. And then your character develops your confident hope. And this is where I felt like I had the cart before the horse. I was trying to get my hope up first. And God said, it's okay for you just to take a step. It's okay for you just to endure today. I don't want you to try to be hopeful where you don't have hope. I don't want you to try to be a better Christian right now. And, and have an incredible platform and message to offer the world. And have this beautiful character that's come from your trials today. What I want you to do today is just endure. I want you to stand. You know, when it talks in Ephesians 6 about putting on the armor of God. The last thing it says is when you've done all that you can do to stand, then stand. And this is where I feel like if you're walking through a winter and I, I feel like I'm just getting preachy like I am on stage, y'all. I feel like this is like a mini We We showed up to hear an, a, an event speaker, but I can't help but say it this way. When you are walking through a winter season and you've done all you can do to stand firm on the promises of God and to defend yourself from the schemes of the enemy that's going on in your life, all you can do probably is stand and endure. But we have a God that fights for us, a God that is faithful, and that he will not let us stumble or fall. And you, you've got to know that, that, that maybe you don't need to look like the greatest Christian in the room and, and have the answers for everybody else with what you're going through because you don't have a single one yet. But your endurance is going to produce that. That's going to be a byproduct of you enduring. And then once you have the character to match it, that's when all of a sudden you have this audacious, confident hope that goes, oh my goodness, I can hope that that's going to get better. And like, I look at people that they have these stories of incredible loss and you hear them talk and they're like, oh man, but I'm, I know that this is just part of my story and it's going to be better. And, and I'm like, how can they hope like that? And what I actually miss, and I think that most of us miss in the big grand picture, in the scheme of somebody that's actually walking through one of the darkest, bleakest moments in their life is the endurance piece that created their character. Like we weren't there for those days. Oh, my, oh, it's such a, like such preaching pants are on because, because the verse goes on the foundation of this mm. endurance, the foundation mm. of this hope, it says, because God's love has been poured mm -hmm. into our hearts through the Holy spirit, yep. his love is a foundation that carries us and moves us through it all. The other day I was reading a book and it was talking about love and it's saying we all love something right? We all love something and what is, and we will move for that love. So like, if you love tacos, you're going to move and, you know, get those mm. tacos. And mm. if, if you embrace the love of God, it will, he will move you forward in it. It's going to propel yes. you forward naturally into the next season. So we cannot talk about enduring without reminding you that God's love is the foundation for whatever season you are in. And from that foundation, 
you will move forward uh, rooted in his love. You'll be producing the character along in the process and you'll be able to have eyes to see the goodness of God in the hard seasons. So we're, man, we're cheering you on. We are cheering you all on. I just feel like most people feel absolutely stunned and shell-shocked when winter hits. And to be quite honest, some of the most dark prayers I've prayed have been over the past two years. Some of the most shadow-stricken places of my heart have been illuminated to where I had to confront them with God. Things I never wanted to pray out loud, I had to pray out loud. And in that, those things that I felt were such giants to me became crickets, like these little bitty things that now only make a noise in the background of my thoughts. And I just want to encourage people that it's okay to stand firm and to endure with whatever season that you have to wake up to if it's not the best one today. And if it consumes your heart and if it consumes your thoughts and if you feel like you're saying the phrase, I didn't think it'd be like this, I got to remind you, it's just a season for everything. Go back to Ecclesiastes 1. For everything under heaven, there is an appointed time, a season. And we know that seasons don't last always. They change. I want to put out a challenge for those of us in a winter season. And Candace talking about her deep, dark prayers she's been praying reminded me of some of my own. And the wrestling match we go through and um, I'll conclude with this thought, unless Candace, you want to add anything, um, feel free to jump in. But the greatest prayer I've learned to pray in the wrestling season of winter is where are you, God? Yeah. Because to be honest, there's an abandonment that one may feel. And every time I've prayed that, uh, it makes me want to cry. Every time I pray that prayer, he will answer it. So that's our challenge for you is to ask God where he is, because I believe he will answer it for every single time we pray it. Candace, do you have any concluding thoughts or shall we wrap this baby up? Goodness. One, one thought, one thought, just to piggyback on what you said, because it's so powerful. Not what I'm about to say, but what you just said. <laughs> um, many people can feel as though they're going to hit a brick wall when they pray and ask God, where are you? But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is the only one that has ever said, Father, oh, Father, why have you forsaken me? He's the only one that can pray that and have that be truth. Because at that moment, it was the darkest hour where he took everything for us so that we could be friends with God again. While we were still sinners, while we were still enemies, Jesus absolutely made a way for us to have friendship with God again. He's the only one in the rightful authority to be able to say, have you turned your face away from me? Where are you? We, however, when we pray that, we never have to encounter a forsaking or an abandonment ever in our life. Yeah. He is with us. His entire nature is Emmanuel, God with us. The entire story of everything he's doing in your life, my life, in your children's lives, in your grandchildren, from age to age, from everlasting to everlasting, is to have us be with him and him with us. He's there. So if ever you meet that question with fear or doubt, remember that right there is a promise from the Lord that he will never forsake you. And he hasn't. 
and he won't. May his favor be upon <laughs> you and his children. Generations. Yeah, we have a good way of really rounding up a good holy moment, don't we? <laughs> we love you guys. And we until do. next we week, sit in your shooty little seasons, <laughs> your season of winter, and kick yeah, those shoes indoor and kick it out the door. We'll see you next week. If you've been inspired to stop shooting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.